The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. It's Monday, and it is time for some Monday morning. Um, yeah, the Cowboys end up losing to Seattle. The best thing I can say about Monday is there's a hockey game tonight. The Dallas Stars are trying to keep their Stanley Cup playoff hopes alive in Game 6 tonight on NBC. But, yes, we will spend 45 minutes dissecting this Cowboys loss to the Seattle Seahawks. I'm Nui Scruggs. This is the Players' Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com. Barry Church, former Cowboys safety, joins me along with Danny McCray, Cowboys Danny, safety. Danny, you got Nui over there? All right, gentlemen. Uh, we've, got a, uh, we've got a 38-37 loss. And for me, it's all about the Cowboys secondary. All right. Uh, we're having a little bit of a little trouble with uh, Nui's, Nui's um, communication thing right there, so we'll get back to Nui. But we brought the point up of uh, the troubles in the secondary that we that we were discussing here, and to me, the secondary play was just god awful out there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, Danny, you can attest to this, but um, that secondary, I mean, you can't have people running scot free out there. And DK Metcalf twice was wide open in the back of the secondary. I'm not sure what the coverage was, but the safety seemed to have their eyes in the backfield a lot this game, giving up a lot of huge, huge, big time plays out there that they they, they just can't do. You can't afford to do that. So um, to me, this secondary played god awful. Um, they did show a little bit of fight, you know, towards the end, second half, uh, tuned it up a little bit. But we just can't have starts like that, man. What, what you think about that play? Uh, Danny yeah man um just <laughs> as soon as it happened like for the third time I sent I sent Nui a church a text message like what are these dudes looking at like you know we, we came in and we talked about like scheme and being confused and every other excuse in the book and then we got into the game and I'm looking I'm like this has nothing to do with anything except you guys and your technique and having your eyes in the wrong place you could have saved two or three touchdowns by just having your eyes in the correct place so t- to me, it was it was glaring. It was so glaring that you know you, you start wondering like, what the hell are they doing at practice? That was it was absolutely crazy at how easy these things could have been fixed. But we are still in week three and, and still having these same mistakes. So the secondary was was definitely was definitely a very big issue, man. So I, I don't know where we go. You know, well I guess we can only go up. But if we keep this up, man, it's gonna it's gonna. Be- <laughs> <laughs> we'll be home in December, man. We, it, my last game be be, uh, be played in December, and we'll be going on vacation in January. Yeah, and you talked about it. You, you hit it right on the nail. I mean, a lot of these touchdowns, once they showed the replays, we've seen, we see a lot of the secondary players with their eyes in the backfield. I mean, we knew on that goal line one to Tyler Lockett, they were in man-to-man. And when they did the run fake, you saw Diggs, who I'll give him credit. He did fight in the second half, but his eyes were just all in the back. But in the corner, you can't do that. As a corner, you got to let that front seven, that defensive line, those linebackers, you got to let them handle it. Your job is simply to just lock down those receivers and make sure nothing gets over your head. And we've seen a lot of that these first couple weeks. And what I just can't understand is with Tyler Lockett, 
he's one he's arguably one B to DK Metcalf's one A, but he's already had two touchdowns in the first half. And that third one, he's he's scot free. He's wide open in the back of the end zone. Nobody around him. How are you letting a guy with that potential and that success early in this game just go scot free and run it through your secondary? I just I just couldn't get it and I just didn't understand it. I don't know if it's because they're so young or if it's because the scheme is too difficult, but we gotta figure out something because we can't we can't continue to survive um, this season. We'll give it we're, where we're just trying to battle back and we're already giving up 14 points to begin with in the hole. I mean, people killed Garrett for having this team like that last year with the slow starts and weren't weren't uh, motivated to get out there and play early and always had to try to battle back to get in the game so I think I mean we, we got to figure out something because these slow starts and he's trying to battle back and race back into the game it's just not going to be sustainable uh, for the whole season do you put this on Mike Nolan I got you here is, is Mike Nolan Okay. <laughs> there's nobody else. There's nobody else to blame, right? Because well, let's see. This is this is what happens. You go into you go into the game, right? And the first touchdown, I believe, was it looked like cover four, right? And they ran a two man mm-hmm. route, so we had four guys to cover two guys, and we don't cover them, right? So that's to me. And I say this from experience. When when you run a cover four, what happens? Sometimes it can get confusing between the uh, the corner and the safety when you're running, when they have a two-man route, but essentially that's supposed to turn into a double team. What happened on that was the eyes were in the backfield. You would think that they were running read option, but it was just a regular a regular play fake. So the safety shouldn't even be up in there. So And then and then the other ones, you know, somebody was on Twitter talking, and I was like, hey, man, look, man-to-man is not confusing enough for us to be looking like that. If you have a problem to where you're running in and outs and, and you're trying to, you know, you know get, uh, get these things figured out in these tight formations – and you see this is an issue, you just tell them, hey, we just going basic old school, man on man, and we'll live with the result. Instead, we just sat there and did the same thing and just let them run free and look confused in the secondary. Like I said, very much like how we looked when Rob Ryan was here. Confusing. And they got him out of here because the word miscommunication. That, that, that word, by the way, is, is what we kept seeing and hearing over and over in the Cowboys uh, press conferences is guys talking about miscommunication, miscommunication here. Uh, let me read from, from um, Trayvon Diggs. He said, it's really on us, honestly, just communication. There are things we've got to correct in practice, things like that. We're going to get it right. It's just communication. That's it. It's literally it. Um, Xavier Woods says, uh, we just have too, we left too many opportunities out there. We just didn't start fast in the first half. We came out slow. They put up too many points. It was just too big of a deficit for us to come back. In the second half, we played better. Um, Then you got uh, Jalen Smith saying it's frustrating, but a learning experience. What we must do, and for real, it's time. It's time that we do what we need to do. I love this one from, from Tank Lawrence. Tank Lawrence saying... I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that move around like that. If you let him get outside of the pocket, they become a force. Uh, they're pretty good at it. So hats off to Russ and them. They won the game, but we'll see them again. That's from Tank. Listen, listen, let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. New, let me tell you, Russell did not really kill them outside the pocket. And two, for Diggs, that ain't it. <laughs> it ain't just it ain't just miscommunication, all right? It is nah, way more it. than that, all right? It was a it was a big issue, 
But that ain't it. So th- th- let's not act like they can go into practice and say, hey, we fixed this man-to-man coverage, you know, the in and out and not let uh, Lockett run free. All of a sudden, we'd be winning the game. That ain't it. It's it's a lot more to it. So, you know, I hope he sees that. I know it's, you know, the, the mind is moving fast when you get that camera in your face, but I know he didn't mean what he said, especially on, on today after they watched that film. It's a lot more than that. Okay. So I just wanted to touch on a couple things from the secondary. You guys tell me if I'm crazy here. The penalties were a couple things that really stood out to me. And I go back to one touchdown drive by Seattle. It was a third and 10 at the Dallas 46. Russell Wilson gets sacked, but then there's a flag. And it's uh, Daryl Worley, illegal contact. Then it's a second and nine. Same drive, second and nine, the Dallas 23. Worley makes an interception, but there's a flag. Pass interference by Jordan Lewis. Now we've got a first and 10 at the Dallas 15. A PI is called on Brandon Carr. And then two plays later, Seattle scores a touchdown to make it 16-9. That's 11 plays, 71 yards. And basically the Cowboys, from a defensive backfield standpoint, just kept giving Seattle first downs with plays there. That was early in the football game. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that? Well, look, and uh, the, that, that drive in particular – you know what? I'm, I'm going to say I'm okay with that uh, that Daryl Worley where it was a legal touching because that was kind of, you know, it was a ticky-tacky. He didn't really, you know, push him or anything like that. He kind of just kind of tried to hold his ground. So, you know, I can okay. deal with that. And that one in the back of the end zone with B. Carr, he was a little touchy on there, a little holdy. But once again, I mean, that, that's just going to be a part of the game. He was going against a tight end, bigger body. He tried to muscle him a little bit. That's just a part of the game. But what I can't live with is the fact that, once again, we coming back to these DBs with their eyes in the backfield, particularly Jordan Lewis on that, on that holding penalty. You know, he's supposed to reroute him because I believe they were in cover three. So he's supposed to reroute him. But if you can't get your hands on him within five, you kind of just got to body reroute him and let him go around you. But without having your eyes on the receiver, your eyes are back at the quarterback. You're just reaching and grabbing for things. And he reached and he grabbed for his arm, held on to it. And we obviously sat there and seen him. Um, obstruct him from getting to the ball so Daryl Worley can get the interception. But those are things that I just can't live with. I mean, he's played enough ball now to where he knows that he can't just go out there and reach and grab at that nickel position, especially um, going against a guy like Lockett who's veteran, who's savvy, who can sell all that stuff. So you you can't do that. The moral of the story here today is you can't be caught with your eyes in the backfield as a defensive back. And we've seen it kill this team time and time again. Yes, same here. I think two out of three for me was, you know, they really were just part of the game. The illegal contact, that happens all the time, man. Some, it's a DB and it's a defensive back coach. That's some stuff you just have to deal with. And then Brandon Carr, you know, once, once they get to the back of the end zone, you're supposed to turn your back to him, try to push him out of bounds. You know, you just go back and forth with a tight end. So to me, that really wasn't a big issue. That type of stuff, like, literally happens, you know. And then uh, Jordan Lewis, yeah, very confusing, right? You don't know if he's playing zone or man because, you know, zone, he got his eyes in the backfield, he gets to a spot, you know, he's fine. But to me, it looked like he was playing cover three and he was supposed to carry the seam. And the dude runs straight up the seam right in his face and he doesn't realize that he's there <laughs> until he's on his toes because his eyes are in the backfield. And I'm just looking at it like, like it's so blatant that it doesn't, 
you know, I want to blame it on him, but this is across the entire secondary besides probably Brandon Carr because he's a vet. So it's something that they have going on with this coaching that they're not getting across to these guys. So that's why I have to put it on Mike Nolan because it's not just one player. It's essentially the whole defense, including the linebackers, because even when they run play action and you see these guys overrunning stuff, that means their eyes a lot of times aren't in the correct place. So like the entire defense, as far as the linebackers and secondary, they have they have a big issue, you know, and that comes from coaching. And I think they've been in uh, training camp long enough and going through these games. Uh, they're in week three, and and these are elementary problems that we're having, and it's getting us killed. So I, I you know, I, I got to put this on Nolan. Hey, let me let this me ask you both a Players question. Lounge brought yeah. to you by Hotels.com. Go ahead, Barry. Are we are we done with this the the, the Darian Thompson um, experiment? I mean, is it, is it just me or, or my guy was getting roasted and toasted, you know, all game? I mean, I, and missing time, I just, I just don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, are we done with this Darian Thompson experiment? Do we need to bring in help from the outside? I'll, I'll answer it from a Stephen Jones standpoint. He was asked today on 105.3 The Fan, the Cowboys radio flagship station, uh, are there any plans to go out and go get some help? And he said no. He said, there's no plans. Mm. And uh, I mm. said on tw Twitter yesterday, um, Eric Reed needs a, a jersey and a number and a contract this week. And a contract. <laughs> so apparently that's not what they want to do. And Steven's talking about guys coming off IR. So I'm assuming he's talk, speaking of, of Anthony Brown here. And I know Darian Thompson is getting lit up. I, I get it. But I'll also say this in fairness to him. Should I be mad at him or should I be mad at the people who hired him and put him on out there and keep putting him out there? Um, because that to me is the bigger thing. He is who he is. This is another yep. guy who, you know, this is no, no first round draft pick. This is doodles on the, on the Giants. I mean, you tend to be taking Giants. Giants players. I mean, it, it's not all him. I mean, you know, haha, -ha Clinton Dix was brought in here and then they found out, well, you know, this guy is the guy who's been bouncing around here. So th they haven't addressed this as a management team. And, and this is, you know, it's easy for us to jump on the players here. But, Church, you've been here before. You see they don't put resources back here. They don't mm -hmm. want to pay for anybody. They don't want to draft anybody in the first three rounds. So you basically are getting what you're paying for. You go to Dollar General, you're going to get a Dollar General generic <laughs> safety. And that's what they have. But I'm not mad at Darian Thompson because he can only do what he can do. Nobody came into training camp thinking, that's the guy. This is the guy that's going to be the guy. And now he's back there as the guy, and Xavier Woods is back there too, and he's getting exposed a little bit. But I'm looking at these safeties. I'm like, man, I don't know if it's all the way I should put it and beat them up as much as you ought to beat up management and beat up the coaching staff because it's your job to cover up the warts. That's what coaching is all about. How do I cover up the warts? And they're not doing it right now. So that's my take on the safeties. I'm going to tell you why I'm not putting it on Daria Thompson. Because if you look at the secondary, you tell me one that's playing well. <laughs> so, so we can sit here and point out and be like, man, he ain't the guy. <laughs> if, if you go replace him, if I'm him, I'm like, if you go replace me, you got to replace all, everybody that's starting. You got to replace Diggs because he's playing. You know, we watched him. He made a hell of a play, but he got beat like, like a drum on that play. Jordan Lewis out there with his eyes in the backfield. We like we're not playing well across the board. So I can understand why they say, you know, we, we just gonna focus on our guys, because if that's the case, if, if you're if you're being, you know, if your management, you're being fat of all your players, you gotta say, ain't none of y'all playing right. So we need to be bringing in free agents for each position. And Brandon Carr need to be starting. Because it, it just it just that's looks what, I agree so, with that. 
<laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, like, I can't blame it on Darian Thompson. Like, I'm blaming it strictly on the coaching because I think he has some talent, and I think they all do, but I think they're just not being coached well enough for them to be successful. And, you, like, when your eyes in the backfield, you got to hammer that. Like, this is something, when you come back to the sideline, you can't do the same thing the next drive. <laughs> like, we look about it, Newey New Church. We called timeout before that play when Tyler Lockett was in the back of the end zone. We called a timeout, and we came out That's and true. were just as confused as we were before the play started, before we called a timeout. <laughs> that that, that doesn't make any sense. We got to look at the formation. And then we came back to the sideline. The coach said, hey, this is the formation they lined up in. Y'all look for this. And then we came out, and you see these dudes looking left and right and can't figure out who's supposed to be covering who. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. And they let Where the do guy you with start three first half touchdowns wide open. It's crazy. Where, where do you want to start? Brand, where do you want to start, Brandon Carr? What position? <laughs> the dealer's choice. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start. Would you say it's I'm, all open for I'm, all open? Huh? Yeah, dealer's choice, man. I'm gonna start him at corner. That's just because it's natural position. If you and you just got to start plugging one hole at a time. So put him at put him where he's best at, and and that's cornerback where he has the most experience, and then see how that works out. Um, because, you know, you throw him in that safety, then all of a sudden you, you put him in a position where everybody else is confused. So he might be just as confused as, as the rest of the squad. So put him at corner, let him play some man-to-man, see what he got. That's why you brought him in here. He was still productive at doing that last season. So, you know, put him in there and just, and just start with that. All right, Cowboys uh, go down 38-31. Russell Wilson with five touchdown passes. You are checking out the Players' Lounge. We do it every Monday through Friday, 2.30 Central Time. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. These two guys are former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Barry Church and Danny McCray. Let's catch a break in here. Um, there's a bunch of topics we still got to get to. The weak link on the offensive line, let's identify that player. How do they go forward? What's the status of L.L. Collins? I was pretty surprised at what I found out today about Collins possibly returning. Lots to get to right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. 
Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Back to the Players' Lounge. All right, get your tickets now to see the Cowboys take on the Cleveland Browns when they return to AT&T Stadium on Sunday, October 4th. Limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Nui Scruggs with you here, along with Barry Church and Danny McRae. Those guys are former Dallas Cowboys safeties. I'm a longtime Cowboys reporter. All right, uh, by the way, we all were correct on our pick. We all took Seattle. Um... I had the Cowboys losing by five. Church, you had them losing by seven. D-Mac, you had them losing by three. So, Church, you are Nostradamus for the week. It was a uh, seven-point defeat for the Cowboys. So, uh, apparently, you... Uh, <laughs> nothing new. You... It's nothing new. <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's nothing new, man. Uh, you guys don't seem... You guys, I mean, it's nothing new, man. Let's, you know... <laughs> it's just how it goes, you know. It's just how it is. <laughs> All right, this uh, this cow this Cowboys offensive line has got issues, and and it hasn't been a hole to begin the season, and. Uh, You've got Lyle Collins missing another game here. Uh, he was on injured reserve, so that put him out three weeks. But it may be longer because Stephen Jones was on the radio today saying that Collins is not exactly where they want him to be. So, fellas, you could have Collins missing this game against the Cleveland Browns. Tyron Smith missed his second game. And I want to talk about my opinion, the weakest link on the Cowboys offensive line. And it's not Terrence Steele, who started at right tackle the past two games and was benched in the Seattle game. And here's why I'm not blaming Terrence Steele. He's an undrafted rookie. Okay, uh, you know, that's 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 not you putting your best guy out there. They finally put a real replacement out there tackle. They moved all pro Zach Martin from guard to right tackle. And this guy was good. It reminded me of when Larry Allen got kicked out to tackle. And you just you're sitting there saying, wow, this guy could be pro bowl at, at, at tackle. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking to myself. Zach Martin is Ivory Larry Allen. He was so good yesterday. And they may need to go ahead and keep him out there if Collins is not there. If Collins can't play on Sunday against the Browns, then to me, you've got to go ahead and make that change and put put, uh, Zach Martin out at right tackle, kick Joe Looney in the guard, and have Tyler Biotish, the rookie, play at center. And to me, that weak link on the offensive line is Connor Williams. There's just too many times you're watching Connor Williams get pushed back here. And I'm just surprised that in year number three, that Connor is, is is not a better player, especially since they used a second-round draft pick on him. Danny McCray, you go ahead and start. Yeah, um, you know, but with, with, with Connor, I, I see the same thing you see. And, uh, you know, I, I just have to remember that it's week three. The guy's coming off an injury, and he hadn't really had much time to, to, to get back in the field of things. And it's, it's really showing on the field. And, uh, you know, so I think you're accurate with the pick, but I think that he might need – he might need a little bit more time, but unfortunately, the way that we started the season, everything is so so glaring. You know, all the mistakes are, are just out there. So, 
you know, it, it's just so obvious. If we were three and zero, I think it would be it, it wouldn't be as, as big of a deal. But since we are where we are, it is a big deal. So I, I feel you, Nui, but I, I still think he needs a couple more weeks to you know to get back into the groove of things. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm gonna give him a little bit more week or a couple more weeks just to get his groove in. He is coming off of an injury, but. Uh, for the most part, this, to me, this is kind of just like the secondary. I mean, it's kind of like pick your poison. I mean, outside of, of Zach Martin, um, the all-pro, I mean, they all kind of had their struggles in these first um, three games. So for me, um, I liked what they did by putting Zach Martin out there at the tackle position because um, he was able to uh, hold that down pretty well. This is a guy that, you know, he's, he, he, he could probably be an all-pro at all, all five um, offensive lineman positions. So I like what they did right there. And I'm going to need them to do that next week because they got a guy coming in here by the name of Miles Garrett. Uh, and this guy, he, he's a beast. He's known for getting after quarterbacks. I think he has like three sacks so far this season, but he's a disruptive force in the run game and in the pass game. So maybe they want to move um, Zach Martin out there to tackle just to help um, solidify that pass rush. But uh, for me, the most part, it's kind of just pick your poison, man. I mean, we, we, we've struggled with this patchwork offensive line right now. Um, it's early in the early in the season, but uh, we just need our we just need the reinforcements to come in. We need Lyle Collins, but which it doesn't seem like we're going to get him back anytime soon. Hopefully, Tyron Smith, um, they say he's day to day with that neck or that stinger injury. So hopefully he's able to come back and help us out. But we, we need the reinforcements bad, man. This this uh, this patchwork offensive line is just it's you know, it is what it is. It's, it's undrafted guys. It's guys out of position. And um and they're just trying to do their best to, try to, to get a pass, pass protection going. So um, we just need the reinforcements in there. But I like Zach Martin at that tackle versus Miles Garrett. So hopefully we can get that next week as well. Good point by you. Miles Garrett is coming to town. It'll be his first game at AT&T Stadium as a professional football player. He starred at Arlington Martin High School and ended up going to Texas A&M before becoming the first player drafted in what has become a heck of a, a quarterback class. And it had uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Both of those guys were drafted after Mitchell Trubisky, so Hooper uh, got benched <laughs> by the Bears yesterday, but but people forget that Miles was the first player taken, so yes, the Cowboys have got to figure out how to defend him. Um, another point of emphasis for me, and obviously we had you saw the offensive line issues, was that Kellen Moore only called 14 rushes for Ezekiel Elliott in the football game, and he had 34 yards and one touchdown. To me, this is a problem. This is a defense that we talked about time and time again. They can't stay on the field for 30 minutes, and they were on the field for over 32 minutes. They've got to try to run the football. Once again, I understand you got offensive line issues, but 57 dropbacks by Dak Prescott is just not going to win many football games. I think when you start looking at guys who throw the ball 50-plus times, they're pretty much going to be on the losing end of football games. And to me, 14 rushes is just not enough of an attempt. It's not enough of a try to figure out how to establish the run. Ezekiel Elliott has to touch the football more than 14 times running the ball in a football game. Danny McCray, am I crazy when I say that? Am I wrong when I say that? Let me tell you something. Listen, let me tell you something. Somebody, anybody, needs to walk in there with Kellen Morissette with the, uh, with the contracts of the players on offense, and they need to show them to them. They need to show them that they have a very <laughs> expensive running back. They need to show them that they have a very expensive receiver. And since they pay him this much money, they need to make sure that he gets them involved in the game. How right. do you not give Zeke the ball for the first, at least the first six snaps of the game? This makes 
entirely no sense when everybody knows that the strength of the team and what we should be doing against Seattle is trying to run. We come out and try to do way too much. This is, I, I don't understand it. I never will. Kellen Moore, to me, should be done. Mike McCarthy should have. I seen him with his play sheet in his hand, so I'm, I'm not sure how much he was involved in it. But if they don't find a way to fix this, I, I, I'm not gonna say McCarthy should get fired, but they should find a replacement for Kellen Moore because he just. I, I tweet. I say, hey man, what what is the identity of our offense? If one of you can tell me, then then I, I would happily listen and accept it. But it, it, I, I just I can't see what the identity of our offense is. What what does the defensive coordinator come in and say? Hey, we have to stop this. This is what the Cowboys want to do because I, I don't know. So I'll let one of y'all you know inform me <laughs> on what that is. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm just as confused as you are. Um, I'll always believe that um, Ezekiel Elliott is the is the engine for this offense, and he kind of gets this thing rolling. Um, but it was surprising to me, like you pointed out, the first six plays on offense. I mean, he he didn't get a touch at all, and then uh, or they were even pass plays, I believe. So. Uh, and we look back last week into Atlanta. What, what got them back into the game? What got them rolling again? And that's they didn't give up on the run game. They kept feeding Ezekiel Elliott, and he kept pounding on that defense. I mean, this this go around, like you said, 14 touches again the run. That's just that's just not going to do it. That's not going to have him in that rhythm. That's gonna, not going to have him pounding down this defense and opening up the pass game. So um, I agree with both of you on this one. It's confusing which way the offense is going right now. We don't know their identity, um, but I will tell you this: I don't think they're going to win a lot of games with uh, 57 dropbacks with with Dak Prescott and only 14 rushes for um, Ezekiel Elliott. I just don't think that's a winning formula. And they got to figure out something soon. Um, if I'm McCarthy, I'm saying, yeah. hey, you got to get this offense going because I'm not going down because you're playing calling. So we'll, we'll see hey. what goes on. But I think Ezekiel well, got to be the, the engine to this offense. Well, one thing, Nui, one thing, Nui. It, it, listen, Kellen Moore should go and look at the New Orleans Saints and how they play the game. All right. They pay Michael Thomas. He gets a lot of catches. They play. They pay uh, Kamar. He gets. If you watched the game last night, you see what an offense that's focused on their highest paid running back looks like like th this is what the game should look like they ran the entire game through Kamara and they almost pu pulled it off like th this is what we should be doing I don't get it it should be Coop uh Ezekiel Elliott and, and Dak Prescott and then everybody else should be uh, you know getting getting uh, picking up the scraps but that's what we, sh we should be doing and we just don't seem to be focused on that I don't understand Kamara killed last night and Michael Thomas when well, he's in the game killed and they and, and they're the focal pieces of the offense well, what you're talking about is an elite play caller. That, that's what Sean, Sean Payton is, an elite play caller. And he called, he's called plays for two Super Bowl teams, his Saints team that won, and he ended up calling plays for a Giants team that lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but I think it was Super Bowl 35. So that's where Sean is. And then you look at the last two um, NFC winners. The guys, the, the teams that played the Super Bowl to represent the uh, NFC. Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers last year, an elite play caller who, who like Sean Payton, will mix the run and the pass. The running backs are heavily used. And then before that with the L.A. Rams and uh, Sean McVay. I mean, you saw what he did with, with Todd Gurley and how they ran the football. In fact, the Cowboys lost to them that year. They went to the Super Bowl. And then the first game of the season this year, uh, without Todd Gurley, we saw Sean McVay establish the run to then work off the pass. They are teams that run the football here. And you guys are on point about Kellen Moore. Now, former general manager Mike Lombardi, I was in, in Cleveland when Mike Lombardi and Belichick were there with the Cleveland Browns. He has a podcast called The GM Shuffle. And in it, he got on Mike McCarthy. He said, Mike, what are you doing? 
you've made your bones as a guy who calls plays. Why are you not calling plays? And he jumped on Kellen Moore. He was saying the same thing. He said Kellen Moore is just calling plays, that he's not calling the plays that help his football team, which is you and your offense need to control the ball because your defense shouldn't be out there on the field. And he says, Kellen just looking in the bag, like, okay, let's call this play, let's call that play, instead of calling the plays and strategize and help your football team. And at some point in time, Lombardi is saying basically what you're saying, Danny, is snatch that play sheet away. Maybe Jerry Jones really wanted you to let Kellen Moore call plays and give him a shot, but if your football team is going to have an opportunity to play for some meaningful games in January, you may have to jump in there and say, hey, young fella, I'm calling these plays. You set up stuff during the week, but on game day, I'm going to call these plays because 21 simply cannot only have 14 carries in a football game. Don't, don't, let, him, yeah. don't let him set up none during the week. I don't want to see no more wing tee or speed option. <laughs> He got Tony Pollard back there with Zeke on fourth and one. Like what? Line up in the I formation and show him what you're gonna do. Or do you you got Dak faking the pitch twice? I'm like, bro, this is my bad, Turk. But I'm just I'm just upset. Go oh, ahead, no, you good? You good? It just it just doesn't seem like he's playing. You know the game with 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 thinking of moves ahead. It just seems like like you said, New. Like he's just picking out of the bag, saying, oh maybe this play will work. Oh maybe this play will work. It just doesn't seem like he's setting anything up. Like if you're gonna if you have a catalyst of a back like that in Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Let him run that thing. Let him pound it. Even if it's only three to four yards in a cloud of dust, each time he's touching it, you're setting something up. I mean, every time you, you hand the ball off to him, that defense, since he's that good of a runner, the defense are going to have eyes in the backfield. They're going to respect that play action. So for me, it's just the simple fact that he's not thinking, you know, two moves ahead. He's thinking just maybe this will work or maybe that'll work. You got to set something up when you're going against defenses. So. I mean, if you if you run it 14 times in the fourth quarter, they're not going to respect that play action. You're just going to they're going to be sitting back there waiting for your receivers to come to them. So, to me, I just think he needs to set up more things uh, for this offense. But like you guys said, if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm snatching that play sheet ASAP. I'm not going down with you on this one, big dog. All right, we've got another. We got to take another break here. Um, Want to get into a Cowboys player who is being called dirty on Monday? Let's dive into his situation. You're checking out the Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com, right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. To Dallas' frontline responders, thank you. To show its gratitude, Tide is offering free laundry services in Dallas to the families of frontline responders. Simply bring your laundry and your identification to Tide Cleaners and they will wash it within two days. One thing less for you to worry about. While you take care of us all, Tide will take care of the laundry for the families of frontline responders. 
To learn more and find a location near you, visit hope.tidecleaners.com. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Back to the Players' Lounge. All right, you're back in the Players' Lounge. We are in our SWBC Mortgage Home Virtual Studios here. Uh, coming to the Cowboys game this weekend, make sure you know before you go, wear a mask, keep distance, and be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all stadium-safe policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details pete carroll has a monday morning radio show he does up in seattle and he said he was quote pissed about the play that tristan hill made on running back chris carson where he gator roll tackled him in his leg and carson had to go out um he's uh he's not going to he doesn't have an acl tape but uh, he may end up missing some time here. He's definitely got hurt on the football play. And then Tristan Hill on the uh, Seattle two-point conversion in which Seattle didn't convert, but Hill does a head-to-head hit on Russell Wilson, thus giving the Seahawks another shot at the two-point conversion, and they convert. So Tristan Hill uh, being called dirty all across social media. So Barry Church, what would you see from Hill, and, and is he dirty? Uh, look, uh... I don't know. Contrary to to most belief about the uh, you know the Twitter world, they're going out there saying, I just don't think you know he's a dirty player. Um, I don't think I don't think he's that savvy. Like I don't I wouldn't give him that you know that Bill Romanowski type. Oh, he's he's out there to hurt people. I I don't think that um, the tackle that he did do it was a, it was a Gator roll. And Danny, you can attest to this. You know every every coach that we that we've had when you got tackling drills, there's two type of tackles they they uh, drill. There's the form tackle and then there's that Gator roll tackle and. Every single time a coach is talking about that, defensive coaches, they always say, come up with a body part. Come up with a body part. And if you got to hold on for dear life and roll over to get the guy down, I mean, it's football. You're going to do what you got to do to get him down. And I think he was just going through what the coaches say. I mean, they always say when you do that gator roll, come up with a body part to make sure that guy isn't, you know, spun out of that tackle and got off. Um, so I don't think he's on that, you know, that, that dirty player, that Bill Romanowski, that, you know, Ron, uh, Ron uh, Harrison, the safety back in the days. I don't see I don't see him as that type of guy. But um, I just think they were the, the play with Russell Wilson. I just think that was a stupid play. Uh, I just think, you know, he, he got rid of the ball. You, you know, he just put a little push on him. But I just don't think he's doing these things purposefully. So I'm not going to call him a dirty player. Um, I'm just saying, you know, hey, he was a young dude and he was doing a gator roll tackle. And that's what the coaches tell you to do. Yeah, uh, I don't know him personally, so I don't know if he's a dirty player or not, but I know that those two plays definitely don't make him a dirty player. Uh, yeah, when, you got, when, you, when you're in the league and you, and you got a running back who's known for breaking tackles and getting yard at the contact, what you do is you grab a body part and then you hold on until the whistle blows because we've seen many times guys uh, like Kamar and Zeke, you'll think they're down and they're not, and then all of a sudden you get in the film room and you're like, man, hey, man, I just wasn't trying to hurt the dude, and then, and then you cut 
So uh, I think he was doing what he had to do. And, you know, he was making a play. And Pete Carroll is right for taking up for his player, especially since he did get injured. And that's just that's just a part of the game. But I, I don't think it was dirty. And we've seen – actually, I saw that uh, same Gator roll in a couple games uh, yesterday, and the guy didn't get hurt, and there was, there was no fuss about it. And the hit on Russell Wilson, we see that each week throughout the league as well. And and it's just it's just one of those things that's hard not to do, especially when you're so close to a guy and, and, and you got to pull off. So it, it happens. I don't think he's dirty. Okay, uh, let, let's save the best for last year as we end the show. Special teams. Um, does somebody? Can you guys explain to me what Tony Pollard was doing out there on the kickoff? Um, Go ahead, D Mac. You got this. At, one. at, the, at the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, D Mac. Help me understand. Yeah, he went. What he was out there doing was messing up. That's what he was doing. <laughs> nah, no, listen, this is this what he did. You know, and I was just, so what he did, he dropped the ball, and then he had a little indecision. He, he was trying to wonder if he could still get it in for a touchback, and that little indecision got us put on the one, you know, for safety. Um, you know, he's, he's made some, to me, some pretty big mistakes out there. Um, and I know so, I know a lot of it is coaching because previous games when he was taking it out seven yards deep and having to start, you know, on the 20 and the 22 instead of being that automatic 25, I think those were mistakes. And then he also made a mistake here on kickoff return, you know, uh, with putting us on the one yard and, and costing us a safety. So this, unfortunately, this goes right back to coaching again. This, these are some things that should be being coached. And he should he should know uh, what he should do when he gets into these situations, and he obviously doesn't. And, and it's special teams minus the onside kick is hurting us. Danny, can I let me ask this question here? The NFL changed the rules, and and you touch back it starts at the twenty five. Pretty much, they and Dave Hellman talked about this on on with the Cowboys podcast earlier. It's, they pretty much don't want you to run the ball back. They want you to just go ahead and, all right, boop, hey, touch back and start at the 25. They're trying to kind of eliminate that, the play, the kickoff play. So, so what's Pollard doing? And considering the fact you're starting at the one, you think you're going to run 25 yards against those dudes? I don't get it. Help me understand the, the, the thinking there. He, he, he's, if he catches the ball, he's fine on that one. If you, if you catch it on the one and you catch it on the go, that is perfectly fine, right? You, you take the chance and you go out there and you try to make a play. That, like the guys that are out there blocking for you are getting paid. This is still a phase of the football game. You can still try to do that. The ones where I'm confused on, he's six or seven yards deep. And then you got to run 30 yards just to get it to where you would have been if you left it in, which makes no sense. And then you drop the ball, which is a mistake. But then don't compound that into, into putting your, your team on the one by being indecisive and not picking the ball up and going for a run. Like, get them to the 10. You know, save as much as you can. He didn't do any one of those things. And like I said, I'll take that back to coaching. These are things that he should know. And it, and it just points back to how he's being coached, uh, you know, up there at the Force Center. Woo! Woo, that was ugly mm. because it led to a, a, a safety by Seattle. And then, of course, you had two extra points missed. Uh, in the football game, it just there were just too many too many swings where the Cowboys were shooting themselves in the foot here, and and it's um, you know it's driving fans crazy. I'm out here drinking this blue juice for Mike McCarthy, sitting up here singing his praises. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about how hey do. man, he's he's bringing in this special teams coach Fossil. He's good. It's gonna happen. I'm looking at the special team like, well, I mean this this we, we could have had Keith O'Quinn back for this. I mean just. Uh, this is worse. This is the kick. Yeah. Well, well it, it's worse because these we were told they were the answer. 
we were told the emphasis was going to be here. That that's the part that, that, that really just chaps you. He's like, wait, it's supposed to be better, right? I mean, how do you miss an extra point? You zero line. I mean, one of them was blocked. That's not his fault. But but you just missed one. You got $7.5 million, but you got to make these things. And they're not good enough to overcome their mistakes. And that's so much of, of watching Cowboy football right now under Mike McCarthy is not only are you making mistakes, you're making mistakes in which you're giving away points. And you're just not good enough defensively to give points away to anybody. And that's that, that part of it is frustrating here. All right, let's, let's, let's end talking about Monday Night Football. Kansas City, okay. Baltimore, Two former MVPs get after it. Kansas City Super Bowl champion at Baltimore. Who you got tonight, guys? I got uh, I got Baltimore. And uh, for the simple fact that I, I need them in fantasy, man. I need them. I mean, I'm going against <laughs> my, the guy that I got. He got Tyreek Hill on one side. He got, um, he got the kicker for Baltimore. So I don't need him to kill him that much. I just need him to beat him low. But... I'm going with Baltimore, man. I, I think um, they look good so far. They're running, the rushing attack looks amazing. Um, the guy from Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins, I mean, that, that dude's real. That dude's a real business. So um, Lamar Jackson and that crew, I think they'll be a little bit too much for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, this, this, uh, this afternoon. But I'm going 31-21 Baltimore. 10-point yeah. defeat for Mahomes? Wow. Now, you know who you're talking to right now. You're talking to Nostradamus, man. All right? So listen, to <laughs> listen to me. You write that listen, down. I'm, you go write that down. I'm, 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 going with, uh, I'm going with Baltimore as well, specifically because Kansas City has been looking a little off for the last few weeks, and I don't see them being able to come back on a team like Baltimore, especially during the regular season, because – as we should be doing, they can run the ball. They have good coaches, and they know how to, if they get a lead, they know what to do. They have Lamar Jackson. They got J.K. Dobbins. They have Ingram. They have guys back there that can keep the ball away from Mahomes, and I think they'll play that keep-away game, and we should watch it and take notes. So I'm taking Baltimore by 6, 20, uh, 33-27. Okay. Okay. What you got, Okay. Uh, uh, 20, uh, 24-21, um, Kansas City wins. So there you go. I, I'm just gonna. All right. I, I, nice, gonna short and sweet. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll they'll. I, I just like Mahomes. I like what they're doing. I think they're a better football team than they were last year, and and um, they went up to to uh, L.A. And, and had some issues with the Chargers. Chargers played them tougher than we thought, but the Chargers played everybody pretty tough here, and so I, I think that uh, I think they get this one. So it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch this game here, and so uh, uh, hopefully Danny McCray. Are you watching fantasy game? Am I watching? No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> game six tonight. I see the hat. I see the So let's hope so they I missed, survive, man. I missed the NBA this weekend watching the stars. Um, and so I'm going to miss Monday Night Football tonight. My fantasy game's already done. I've already won, so I don't need to watch. So I'm all good <laughs> there. But uh, the stars have to win tonight. If they don't, they end up losing Stanley Cup in six games. So that double overtime game to, in game five to get it to six. So, uh, yeah, I'll be watching the hockey game tonight. Rare is it that we get a Dallas-Fort Worth team playing in a championship round. So uh, it's, um, it's pretty cool. So I, I'm definitely going to uh, put my eyeballs on this. And then uh, 
Look, uh, Tuesday, we've got a whole lot more work to get into. We'll start thinking about the Cleveland Browns and what Dallas has to do to try and slow down that receiving core. If you're Baker Mayfield, you got to be licking your chops uh, watching video this week about what the Cowboys are doing. So we'll see if they make any additions to this uh, Cowboys secondary, but a whole lot of work to get through all week long. We do it right here on the Players' Lounge at 2.30 every day. Follow me on Twitter at Newey Scruggs. It's N-E-W-Y-S-C-R-U-G-G-S. Fellas, give me your handles. Uh, at Barry Church 42 and that's both on Instagram and Twitter. And at Danny DMAC44 on Twitter, at Danny underscore McCray40 on Instagram. All right, this is the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com for Danny, Barry, and the supreme producer, our guy, Chris Beam, who keeps us on point all the time. This is the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!